Welcome to the Foxy Podcast, bi-monthly show brought to you by Freeform Freakout. Show's produced at KMSC Studios in Mankato, Minnesota. And here in the Foxy Podcast, we try to dig deeper into underground and experimental sounds of the past and present. And welcome to episode number 57 of the Foxy Podcast Show. Hope you're all doing well out there. The music that you're hearing behind me right now comes from Kyle Fosberg, a talented young guitarist and songwriter out of Minneapolis who heads up Grass Tops Recording, a label that has reissued works from a well-regarded artist like Robbie Bashow, along with lesser-known American primitive-style players like Dennis Taylor. The label also features some contemporary players such as Fosberg and Christoph Brune, that are tapping into the inventive guitar soli tradition forged by Basho. And Fosberg and Brune recently stopped by Chemistry Studios to perform solo live sets and then to chat a bit about the work that they are doing with Grass Tops and about the house concert tour that they're heading out on. But before we get to that, I thought I'd play a couple of tracks from uh, some releases that both Kyle and Kristoff have out on Grass Tops. And I'm going to start with this one from Fosberg's The Traveler's Journey, which this track that you hear behind me is taken from as well. And I thought this would be an appropriate start to the show. This one is called Let's Go.
right, we'll hand things over now to Kyle Fosberg, who's live in the studio.
fruit of the vine. the vine, will you be mine? Will you be mine in winter time, darling? And when the flowers die, I'll paint for you a picture, soft and wild. And it will say, all the things that I feel about you. the vine, will you be mine, will you be mine in winter time, darling? And when the flowers die, I'll paint for you a picture, soft and wild, and it will say, all the things that I feel about you. Play it out now. Delia was a gambling girl. She 
gambled all around. She was a gambling girl. She laid her money down. Well, she's all that I got. Is gone. Delia's dear mother took a trip out west, and when she returned, Delia had gone to rest. Well, she's all that I got. Is gone. Delia's mother wept, and Delia's father mourned. Wouldn't have hated us so bad if that child had gotten home. Well, she is all that I got. Is gone. Delia, oh Delia, how can it be? You say you love them rounders, but you don't have time for me. Well, she's one more round gone. I said, Delia, oh Delia, say I'm all. Rounders done be my way back home. Well, she's all that I got is gone. Now, kind of sitting in the jailhouse, drinking out the old tin cup. Delia, she's in the graveyard, and she ain't getting up no. She's all that I got is gone. A rubber-tired buggy, a double-seated hack. Taking a little deal to the cemetery, but she ain't coming back no. She's one more round to go. Sitting up on the housetop. As I can see, looking out for them rounders who are looking after me. Well, she is one more round to go. Delia, oh Delia, how can it be? You say you love them rounders, but you don't have time for me. Well, she's all that I got is gone. Now I said, Delia, oh. I said, Delia, oh Delia, how can it be? You say you love them rounders, but you don't have an hour for me. Well, she is all that I got is gone. Judge said to Cunny Boy, I'm gonna tell you a natural fact. Son, you gonna stay till little Julie come waltzing on back? Well, she is all that I got is gone. That judge said to Cunny Boy, what was that fuss about? On account of them gamblers trying to put me out. Well, she's all I got is gone.
Cunning looking high, dearly looking low. Shot poor dearly down with that hateful 44. Well, she's one more round and I said, Delia, oh Delia, how can it be? Say you love them rounders, but you do not have time for me. Well, she's all that I got is gone. I said, Delia, oh Delia, say that I'm all alone. Some of you rounders done pay my way back home. Well, I said, Delia, oh Delia, In this place, San Francisco. I went into town. See if you were around. Walking down these streets, I call my home. It's just another And my feet seem to know their way back home. Nothing ever seems to change. Not the faces, places, or the names of these old familiar haunts I used to roam. It's all the same. It's all the same. 
Excellent live set there from Kyle Fosberg live here in the studios. And we're actually going to keep the live stuff going here. Here's Christoph Brun. All right, this tune is called Dark Purple Landscapes.
right. Uh, this tune is called Proclamation.
Rocking chair waltz. Uh, this is called Dark as a Dungeon. Um, this is the old Merle Travis song. But I learned it from the Grandpa Jones record.
All right, we're here in the studio with uh, Kyle Fosberg and Christoph Bruin, and thanks, guys, for uh, making the trek down here on your kind of mini tour uh, that you're on right now. And uh, I wanted to talk about the tour maybe first off because it's kind of an unconventional thing that you're doing, uh, hitting up living rooms and uh, uh, unorthodox spaces. And I kind of like this because this is really a, a throwback to like folk music and being very intimate and uh, connecting with people on a very personal level. So what was the idea about the tour and kind of this direction that you guys wanted to go with this? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, the idea for the tour... Uh, I guess stems from a, a few experimentations you know, we had done with house concerts in the past um, and the success that we had had with those um, versus our experience playing typical clubs, venues, coffee houses. Uh, coffee houses uh, by far being kind of the the distinction for us that was just, you know, we don't want to do that anymore. It's, it's, we're background noise. We um, never want to do. Yeah, I never want to <laughs> do it again, honestly. You know, sorry right. to coffee houses. I'll go get coffee and stuff at your at your at your place, but uh, I don't want to play there, unfortunately. Um, but but yeah, so uh, you know, a lot of things went into it. Uh, why we wanted to do it, um, and uh, I think part of the reason is just that you know the the way we can connect with the audience for us is is better. Uh, that's probably first and foremost. Um, we have a lot of control over over the uh, the space. Um, you know. When you're when you're cutting out the middleman, you know the clubs, the venues, you have the ability to set the stage, uh, to have it really be the kind of concert that you've always envisioned as as a performer, um, and it's uh, it it just it is that. So uh, the intimacy of a house concert is is just so far uh, above what you're ever going to get at a club. Um, and you know, there's so many things. I, I just have, I have so many things running through my mind of what I want to say about well, it. I'll just but jump in and say, just jump know. in. I'll collect my thoughts. Sure. Out yeah. of <laughs> necessity, I think that we need to eliminate the middleman. It isn't that we don't want to play clubs or festivals or I mean, you know, what have you. But it, it, there's just not the opportunities there for something that we're doing. Right. Right. It's just not conducive. And you know, we call up these places, um, and it's like. You know, I kind of just already know what's going to happen. You know, they're going to need to fill X amount of seats or, you know, tickets. And I just know that it's never really going to be there for us in sure, that area, yeah. no matter how much we do it. And there's sort of the a lot of people come back and say, well, you know, you got to pay your dues. You got to play those kind of things. To, but I think a lot of times paying your dues is right in line with developing your sound, too. Mm -hmm. But with Christoph and I, we feel confident in our sound and that we have something that we really really are focused on and are very proud to offer right now and to sit in a coffee shop when people are not paying attention and when you can't even focus on your music or hear right it, right it just it's something we um i don't know if we're just really intense more intense than most people <laughs> but it's something that it just became a necessity to right change. and i understand that i mean the type of music you're playing really kind of uh demands attuned listening and I feel like, yeah, I mean, playing where there's a bunch of hustle and bustle, it's just, I would, f it would feel defeating uh, trying to present your work uh, in that type of setting. So when you're setting up a tour like this, I mean, is this, are you just working with people, connections that you know in different cities? Or is there sort of a network of people that are doing this? Because I'm, I'm starting to hear more and more of this, of people presenting shows like the living room sofa shows and stuff like that. It seems to be kind of a little mini movement that's uh taking shape and are you kind of jumping on and 
finding connections through that. There's a little bit of both. There's, there's a couple things here. Um, uh, one, um, for house concerts in general, for any uh, solo performer, anyone who is interested in this, you know, the best resource you have is your friends, your family, uh, and, uh, you know, those are the people that uh, are going to be the easiest to work with because you, are, you already have a personal relationship with them. But in our experience for this particular tour that we set up, um, you know, uh, family first, that that's probably have been our biggest help, friends. And then, um, you know, some people just got kind of got wind of it. Uh, we, we posted on, on Facebook and online media sources. And, uh, for example, uh, we were contacted... Um, by uh, some folks in State College, Pennsylvania. And uh, they heard about us doing the, the show. Uh, we were going to be in Pittsburgh on Thursday. Uh, we had a show lined up on Friday, um, but then this came up. And, you know, they found out about us, you know, through social media. But uh, the, the people that um, had seen us are also kind of operating in this American primitive fingerstyle solo guitar kind of scene. And, and a lot of a lot of the players that we know of, you know, that's kind of how we all found each other was was sure. online. So the players are out there, and the internet has definitely given us a resource to uh, to connect and to consistently connect and to see what people are doing and to know. Um, so you know, even for example, you know, we had uh, our, our buddy from uh, Oakland, Andrew Weathers, up. Oh yeah, um, he's a fine player, and uh, and he runs his own label as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, the scene is very dispersed, I think, with guitar. There's a lot of people scattered throughout the country and internationally when we mm -hmm. get around to, you know, really hitting it hard with this. But um, so you just sort of find each other through Facebook and then you connect and you say, well, you know, we're going to be in Columbus this day and mm -hmm. let's make it work. And, you know, hats off to Chris. He's the one that, or Christoph, excuse me. He's the one that, <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> he, <laughs> he's the one that um, really spearheaded getting it organized and you know, it's it's a grassroots effort. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, I I read a book. I, I'm not even sure how I found out about this book, but uh, there's this gal. She lives in California. Her name is Shannon Curtis, and she, as far as I can tell, is is maybe a, a modern day pioneer of this you know old concept mm -hmm. of uh, living room shows and such like that. And she wrote a book. It's called uh, How How I Made 25K Doing a two-month house concert tour. I don't really like the, the title, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it's just, it's a, it's a super great guide, super great resource. Um, and she just walks you through it, you know, like what's, what's the role of the host? What's the role of the artist? And what, what can you do? What can each party do to ensure that the night is a success um, for the host, the guest, and also for the musician? And, you know, part of this Part of what's amazing about about the house concert thing is uh, it's a, it's really a, a dual transaction for the musician and then also the host. Um, for us as musicians, obviously we 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 get a captive audience um, and we we get we get the listeners that we dream of. I mean, right, like right. We <laughs> well, I, I don't want to make it sound like you know we think we're super great, but I mean, there's a lot of players that do what we do. Okay? Yeah. And oh they, yeah, for sure. And I I think not just us specifically, but this kind of music is really special in that I've noticed just recently, or I've just sort of consciously recognized the fact that there's not really any specific age group that this is tailored towards. It's mm -hmm. like, I see these people, there's no reason why, you know, somebody in their early twenties like us, uh, couldn't come to a show and be, and just be completely into it. And there's no reason why a 70 year old, you know, person can, couldn't be into the same exact music at the same time. Mm -hmm. So right. that's, that's what's so 
awesome of what we're doing. And I, and I think a lot of it too crosses a lot of uh, lines of, of listeners themselves where you have people who, you know, maybe be into like traditional folk music and blues, but I, I also see sort of a, people coming from more of an experimental tradition that are drawn to it from works like, you know, John Fahey or even Basho who are, you know, pretty progressive artists, you oh, know, and I really guess. were pushing <laughs> the envelope. And maybe that's a nice little segue here into talking about Basho's work because that's really sort of at the center or the heart of your work with Grasstop Recordings. I mean, yeah. uh, you sort of started up this label around his work to reissue his work, correct? I really did. And also to you know, put out my own music. Mm-hmm. So it was a perfect, um, you know, I guess, I don't, not a parallel, but it was a perfect combination and dual reason to start this label. And his music, when I first heard it, you know, I had been playing music for a long time at that point, and I had had my opinions about mm-hmm. what I liked and what I thought was good. And when I heard him, it just sort of tore down all the walls. It was like, um, somebody did it what I didn't even knew what I knew as I was hearing it it was like uh, an epiphany as I was hearing it like this music has always been there it's always been in our conscience it's like he's tapping into a collective but it's the first time I've ever seen somebody really go all out sure and be so strict about it you know focus the acoustic guitar um, the way he sang everything together in one thing it was a total epic moment of like I want to do that Right, right. <laughs> you know. Right. And the and the record that you put out, uh, Visions of the Country, which was sort of the I don't want to say sort of, it was the inaugural release, aside from some things that you had some done maybe online. Stuff, yeah. Right. And um this has been kind of just collecting dust for years. It came out what late seventies, correct, on Wyndham Hill yeah. originally, and it hasn't really been in print. Uh, in any capacity for some time. So it's really nice to have this work out there again. I was utterly stunned that nobody did anything with this. Usually there's um, sort of a uh, unanimous understanding or, you know, just a general understanding when there's an artist of that um, that level of talent. And um, just like, you know, with a Van Gogh or with any a Da Vinci, you know, people, even if there's kids that aren't going to museums and like, you know, loving this art. They know about it and they know it's good and they're educated in it with his music. For some reason that did not happen. Mm-hmm. And he recorded through several major labels and put out like, you know, multiple albums, um, just all different kinds of genres, which may be why he never made it. He was mm-hmm. always changing. And, uh, visions was kind of like the, just the, the, I guess the peak for me, where everything really came together and it was like the maturity of his sound and his voice and his guitar. And w- to, was this the first record of his that you had heard or had you heard stuff from? Yes, pre- it is. Okay. Okay. It's the very first thing I heard. The very first song was actually blue crystal fire. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. And so you have that probably queued up. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. But maybe, yeah, maybe this is the prime time. Let's jump into a track that I said was one that to me just, it's just stands out so much. It's such a beautiful song. And then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about the label. Okay. So here's Basho from uh, Visions of the Country and the beautiful song called Blue Crystal Fire. Blue Crystal Fire Blue Brightly in me, 
it's just one of those tracks. It just kind of like leaves you breathless, right? It's just so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, once again, Robbie Basho from Visions of the Country. And um, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know how to transition back to talking. There is no transition. That whole album is just <laughs> yeah. like an absolute, uh, it just came from a different plane. Yeah. I guess I don't, the whole thing, I mean, there's piano in there that sounds like a music box. Mm-hmm. There's whistling, like really top shelf whistling. Mm-hmm. There's Oriental moods. There's wild mountain ragas. Right, and you've. I mean, and by the way, I mean, I should mention that you've re- reissued a number of other things from Basho too, including another uh, disc that just came out here very, very recently. Um, yeah. Now, what is that material called from? Um, Art of the Acoustic Steel String Guitar it was another Wyndham Hill mm-hmm. album, um, and both of those were cut from the catalog. Pretty once Wyndham Hill made it, right, and they realized Robbie did not fit in anything they were doing and they axed them and um these albums just sat collecting dust as you said mm-hmm. um literally the records were collecting dust and we had to like with visions of the country we had to use the record because the tapes as the master right yeah because right. i think the tapes are probably just they were chucked mm-hmm. um but the art of the acoustic seal string um was a windham hill album it was more of i would say it's one of the guys that helped us with liner notes. It, we used some quotes from, put it uh, perfectly, I think when he said it was, felt more like a mission statement. I think it was Will Ackerman said that. Oh, okay, yep. Uh, whereas Visions, he compared it to Visions, saying Visions more like a, you know, something of the heart, and he really moved him deeply. And Art of the Acoustic Steel String, I think, was a combination of sort of Robbie realizing that, you know, I, he's kind of trying to f- trying his best within his parameters to fit into the Wyndham Hill vein, and I think he also felt a little pressure from Will to make an album that was maybe a little more palatable. Sure. Yeah. And so you got that, and it was interesting. I, I mean, it serves its purpose, I think. It's it's a very classical-esque sort of um, um, album, and there's a lot of really great stuff. But um, to me, nothing matches Visions because it was there were no constraints on it. Yeah. And that's what Robbie was about. He was about no constraints. Sure, yeah. yeah. And so with Grass Taps, now I know, Kyle, you had started this uh, label a couple years ago, but it's kind of branched out and you've brought in, it almost feels like a collective in some way. There's multiple people and Chris, uh, Christophe, excuse me, <laughs> you've, you've come in and you kind of handle certain aspects of it. You've kind of divvied up responsibilities. Is that kind of how... I just give them all the hard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So what, what is what do you kind of take care of? Uh, uh, well, I think um, the things that uh, really uh, work well with my skill set are, um, you know, doing booking the tour, uh, working with people on that, getting that kind of stuff set up, and uh, you know, I artist think uh, relations. artist relations. I think okay. is a good way, to, good way to put it. And uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it, I, I just offer advisory support for Kyle and what he's doing, and um, yeah, I think a, a lot of auxiliary things. And obviously, I'm, I'm a player as well. I, I contribute. Uh, recordings as well um, so that that's kind of where I fit in I think sure and then I mean how much of this I mean right now you're going through a lot of um, archival releases and stuff and we got another one to play here in just a moment but do you feel aside from the work that you guys are releasing I mean do you want to strike a balance between more contemporary players or do you see your label as more of you know f- finding these kind of hidden pieces of our you know like musical heritage that are just sitting there well i don't want to get too in-depth and weird right on air because i can open up a can of worms and never <laughs> go back but you know honestly this label i see is unfolding before our eyes it's something that neither of us really anticipated going into it um 
doing the tour and realizing that house shows are the best thing in the universe uh, for a musician and then finding Robbie's music and then the way our music is being cultivated sort of from that, sort of Mm -hmm. that well and continued on after these guys are gone. And also we've been getting into um, a lot of these guys we're contacting that like this music happen to be very uh, strange uh, and (laughs) unique like us. And they are very into a lot of different kinds of art like photography and videography and all this stuff. And I'm also a visual artist. I've done that for a long time. And I'm beginning to think, you know, I kind of just want to keep tearing down walls Mm -hmm. because I don't, I I see with a label, uh, almost any label that I've ever, I don't think I've ever found a label that isn't some somewhat niche that doesn't have a thing that they do. And I feel like uh, in part, that's a conscious effort, but also people feel they fall into the traps, I think, of the music industry, and they feel like they got to be a certain way. And it is, I mean, I, w- I will tell you, it is immensely difficult to avoid it. But at the same time, it's also very easy. It's just, you just don't do it. It's kind of like just don't make any mistakes in your life. You know, don't do the wrong thing. <laughs> but it's a lot e- well, easier. easier said than done. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and But now that we're starting to see this, we're like, wait, a, I'm sort of like, wait a minute. What if we just keep going? We keep doing things the way we believe they should be done. And we've just told the day we die, like what could happen if we do this all the time and we keep finding this music, it, there's just, the sky is the limit. I can't mm-hmm. even, I couldn't even tell you. And then the mystery is, I guess, what we live for. Mm-hmm. So. The ind- independent spirit of the label uh, is, you know, I think we'd seek to inspire people to, uh, to, to follow that path, you know, mm-hmm. to, to maybe question how music has been distributed and marketed to us for so long. And, you know, in this, in this thing I just said has been said for probably so many years, but, and that's, I, you know, that's what we feel. That's what, that's what we're going for. And I, I think that's all we can do really. And it's been working for us. So I think, you know, other, other players, other musicians, listeners, fans, other people, you know, take heart in that. And that, you know, if you stick with something that, you know, it will pay off however it does. And I think that, in your heart, you'll know that it's true and uh, and that it will feel good. Well, let's play another archival thing that you came across. And I, I mean, this guy is totally new to me. Uh, Basho's work I was quite familiar with. But uh, Dennis Taylor, uh, a release that came out, very like private press thing, early 80s. A guy who, just looking at it, I mean, this was recorded in the Midwest. But was he was he from the Midwest initially? Or yeah, originally, he's from uh, Lincoln. Lincoln, Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay. Yeah. What other specifics about this record? How did you come across this one? Um, again, I mean, there's a, a sort of a, a group of guitar players in our hometown of Minneapolis. And, you know, when you have eight guys that all play guitar and are all researching this music, it's sure as heck better than one guy. <laughs> and so these guys all find this music and some of them started sending just stuff that they find to me. And they're like, oh, check out this guy that I found through this guy, through this guy. And then... I just, he's like, you should reissue it. And I listened to it and the recording, Dennis Taylor, specifically this album was so uh, warm and rich and it's, it really sounded like a professional record. Right, right. Uh, which is pretty rare for a private press done on a budget from Lincoln, Nebraska. But let's just be honest. I mean, that was a, it was a very nice surprise to hear that. Right. Well, let's play the opening track from awesome. this re- uh, record. It's called Day Spring and this track is called Bicycle Town. Thank you. 
the guy could play. No question about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to return back to the idea of uh, the, the house tours, because I believe, uh, Christoph, we were kind of midpoint there, and I wanted mm-hmm. to give you an opportunity to maybe uh, express, because you were saying how, you know, it's a really rewarding experience for the artist mm-hmm. to be able to play to uh, an audience that's there to listen to the music, but you were also kind of uh, alluding to what it's like for the people who are hosting these shows. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give you a chance just to maybe to explain where you're coming from with that. Right. Uh, in my mind, it, it's the host, actually, that benefits the most. Uh, I did not intend for that to rhyme. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so, okay, so you're the host. You have an opportunity to bring people together in a a totally relaxed social atmosphere which is something that we really we really don't do very much nowadays um again that's probably another statement that people have been saying you know for a long long time but it is true um and the intimacy of the the performance people really you know people that are attending really do take down that barrier that they put up on a day-to-day basis and you know it's just there's something about it you know we were we were playing last night and there was such a diverse group of people and you know before you know it everyone's just kind of talking to everyone and mm-hmm. it's not it's just not a big deal everyone wants to you know kind of see where everyone else is coming from and so back to the host you know the host you, you you have the opportunity to invite that one coworker that you don't know very well that one person you know you met at a, a conference or, or whatever it doesn't matter your neighbor and that's why we get such a, a diverse age group um, ethnic background, anything, you know, that's, that's, that's what this music thrives on. That's what the experience thrives on, diversity, relationships. Um, and the host is, you know, giving an, a, a memory to people, you know, and, right, and the right. folks that attended last night and have attended in the past, it's, it's an experience they're not going to forget. So that's, that's why the host really benefits. And, and through that, um, through that fact alone, we come out ahead because, we have we have our social time. People are eating. People are drinking. Um, not heavily, of course. Everyone's responsible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're um, drinking, and then they're, we're we're trying to get them to buy a bunch of stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but no, you know, it, everyone just is. They just get into that mode where they're just, you know, they're, well, it's they're, awesome. I mean, yeah. it's just it's there's so. I, I can tell you can't even think of everything that's awesome about yeah. it right now. It really, yeah, really, and but yeah. So after after you know you've had your social time, and everyone is just relaxed then it's time to hear the show and everyone is is primed they are primed and ready to 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 sit be attentive to enjoy because there's no distractions everyone right. you're in the warmth of someone's home and it's just it's all there so right. and it takes away the whole uh performer audience barrier oh, where, oh, where yeah, you know yeah. you're, you're up on stage mind. you come out we applaud you you're done you applaud and you mm-hmm. walk off and that's it where you like you said there's that personal connection being mm-hmm. made you know inst- mm-hmm. it just in and of itself because of the environment and the how it's presented exactly and and you know for the musician you you know whether you're thinking about it at the time or not you're you are meeting your future hosts mm-hmm. and the people that you're bonding with there that's really the only kind of bond you need because you've you've broken down so many layers of of intimacy with the pe- the folks that you're meeting there that it's not it's not weird if you ask them six months down the line a year down the line hey you know do you want do you want to try this uh and and do it for yourself and and most people are going to jump at the bit because they're they remember how much fun it was and what a good experience it was for them and they want to offer the same thing for their friends and family too right just for a second to segue back to what you were saying about the the barriers in the clubs 
you know, we do the, we do things like this and it's, it's rewarding for everybody. Mm -hmm. But part of the reason is kind of what you were saying. I feel like there are, um, just barriers when you go into a club, like here's the audience, here's the performer. And there's no way to break that down. There's no, um, there's nothing there's nothing in place that'll mm -hmm. allow for that exactly. to be a possibility isn't that people don't want to listen to the music but they're there to talk to their friends and if it's over there and other people are talking they're more prone to just keep talking right. too mm -hmm. just because of the the physicality of a space or the arrangement and all mm -hmm. of those little things that play into it and the clank of uh <laughs> Here. drinks and all of that stuff yeah. but yeah well i wanted to ask you guys before our time is up here kind of what what you guys have in store maybe both uh, in terms of your own music and then maybe with grass top recordings as well maybe kyle i'll start with you well we've got uh, a lot of robbie's material still in the can i mean we're just going through it you know tape by tape you know trying to figure out what the best way is to release each thing because mm -hmm. we have stuff from his whole career and, you know, um, there's definitely going to be a box set at some point, probably a career retrospective. Um, there's going to be a couple individual live recordings, um, live show releases of his. And and then, you know, that's just uh, right there is many years down the line, probably before we get all that out. And then there's our music. Christoph has an album that he's been, you know, wanting to get out for a while. Mm -hmm. And I've been too distracted. I can't have, I mean, there's just so much material. My music... Uh, a guitarist in the city's name is Matt Soul. Mm -hmm. um, very unique uh, guitar player from Philadelphia. He just moved here, um, and I and it's just I mean there's so much, and we're rediscovering music all the time. Or I'm sorry, we are discovering new music all the time. And there's East Indian recordings on reel to reel, a whole garage full of those that we have to you know take the time at some point in our lives to look at. So <laughs> I mean I. I yeah, and that's all that I could tell you right now. There's sure. stuff yeah. that we haven't even thought of, and so. Mm -hmm. And Christoph, do are you finalizing uh, your next solo recording? Oh, it's Is that uh, I mean, it's a growing process uh, because my first record was uh, uh, very straight. Um, mm -hmm. It's a very compositional. Um, there's short tunes, there's medium tunes, there's long tunes, and uh, I'm kind of trying to branch away from that on this next record. So I've, I've had to grow as a musician, definitely, and, and incorporate different um, aspects into my playing, but uh, I do want to retain that because I feel like I, I am really good at, at, at more, I guess, simple compositions, um, uh, which is, uh, one of them I played earlier, Rocking Chair Waltz, is a, it's an original, and it's very simple, and I, I really like that. So mm -hmm. the next record, uh, yeah, it will see see some of that see some uh more experimental stuff hopefully and it, it is all there it, it's just kind of you know that moment of like all right it's time to do it and and that's it, kind of a difficult thing I, I feel for an artist sometime you know you need to know when the right moment is or at least the right moment to say to say this is the right moment to right. force yourself to do it you know right. so we're getting there hoping for a fall release cool Cool. Well, I want to thank you guys again uh, for coming down. I, I appreciate it. And uh, I thought uh, since Visions of the Country is just such a, a, a cornerstone of, of the catalog, maybe we'd go out with at least one more track. And I'll leave it to you guys. Oh, I would I would uh, say it's kind of a long one. I'd say Green River Suite. The opening track. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking you were going to say that. So we're going to finish things up with that one again from Robbie Basho. That, that's sort of the Wind River Range Raga, or the Great Mountain Man Raga, as he called it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you.
Christoph, once again, for taking the time uh, to swing by our studios and perform and hang out and chat for a bit. I'll throw up some links on our website at freeformfreakout.com uh, where you can track down some more information about Grasstop Recording and uh, Kyle and Christoph's work. But we have a good 30 to 35 minutes remaining of the show, and I thought I would squeeze in as much music as I can, mostly newer stuff. Starting with this one here, which is a brand new label. Uh, run by Micah and Ryan, who were formerly in the group Hunted Creatures out of Pittsburgh, and a new project of theirs called White Reeves. In fact, uh, their new label that they're running is called White Reeves Productions, and they have a trio of new releases that include stuff from Mike Tamburo and Super Volcano. But I thought this would be a, kind of a, a nice fitting transition from the first part of the show. Their first tape is called Who is Guitar Man?, and I'm actually going to play the closing track from that called Escape from Guitar Man, once again from White Reeves. Thank you. 
out the show with some trance-inducing sounds here from the master musicians of Jujuka, a group that I think I first became aware of through some like William Burroughs recordings, but this was a, I guess kind of a surprise record store day release that I had to grab, came out on Ergo Records, and it was recorded by Adrian Rue who was responsible for that really fascinating album called Slot Machine Music. And uh, this was recorded live in 2012. And it's first vinyl material from this group that's been like since the mid-70s. But it's a really intense listen, as you can hear. In front of that latest LP offering from Tashi Dori, Incredibly talented, incredibly inventive guitarist 
He now lives in Asheville, North Carolina, and this comes out on Pathetic, one of two releases that just came out on Pathetic. This is called Appa. And uh, Dory has been on quite a streak releasing a number of really, really top-notch releases on cassettes, CDR, LP. He had that LP that came on Ben Chasney's label, the first one to come out on Chasney's label last year, and uh, continues to do some amazing things. We heard a track called Realms on High from that release. New LP offering also from Sparkling Wide Pressure in front of that. It's been a long time since we've had Sparkling Wide Pressure on vinyl, which is nice to see. Dating back to the one uh, Digitalis had put out, one of their early LP releases. This one comes out on Lee Noble's No Kings imprint. New material, it's called Clouds and Stairs. And we heard a lovely piece called Wrapped in a Blanket. Just love the way uh, Frank of Sparkling Wide Pressure weaves together sounds in such a flowing, kind of distant, uh, dreamlike fashion. One of my favorite artists. We heard the other pathetic release, work from Villages, which is a solo project of a guy by the name of Ross Gentry, who's had other things that have come out on pathetic and uh, Hooker Vision as well. This one also flows together very, very well. The album is called Procession Axe, and we heard a little cut from that called Out of the Minds, and again, it all flows together in a a sweet-like fashion beautiful release. Going back several years, we heard work from Asmus Tykins. I just think I'm saying that wrong. Uh, who had a number of records that came out on Sky Records after this one, and uh, actually went on to do some tape works and things after that. In fact, those have recently been uh, put out on CD on Vinyl On Demand, a box set of his early tape works which I've set my eyes on. He's an artist that uh, it's kind of hard to know where to start. There's just so much material, kind of like Nurse with Wound. But uh, this first one is really, really quite good. It's called Nachtstück. And we heard Lichterwald from that one. And it was reissued on Eurobee early last year. Some other stuff, uh, I guess, loosely affiliated with... uh, Nurse with Wound had collaborated with Nurse with Wound. We heard Jacques Baracal. This is a piece he had done with Pascal Camladi and Pierre Bastien from a compilation that covers a lot of his works. It's called Fatal Encounters. Came out on a couple of different labels. And we heard a short track called Ritmos del Fedein. I don't know why I'm playing all this stuff that I can't pronounce, but what the hell. Then a couple newer tapes. We heard a German army-related offshoot solo project of Peter Chris. No, not that Peter Chris of Kiss. An alias of one of the German army members. New stuff out on a brand new tape label called Timble Tapes out of Nebraska. A label that looks very promising that a trio of releases that came out, all of which were really quite good. And we heard Levy Camp from that Peter Chris tape. And then another new label called White Reeves Productions. And we heard Escape from Guitar Man from White Reeves. That's going to be it for us 
on this show. If you have any questions for me, you can shoot me an email at fffreakout at hotmail.com. Or if you're out and about and you want to check the playlist, you can go to freeformfreakout.com. I'll mention that next week will actually be the 100th podcast that we've produced. I know the numbering system doesn't probably gel up, but we've went through a few name changes. Next week will be show 100. And we'll be joined by uh, Matt Crefting on that show. Excited to have him on. And I'll have some other uh, announcements to make about some things that we have going on here in the Freeform Freakout world. So thanks so much for listening. 